So we recorded our latest podcast, and subsequently we found out afterwards that Packer Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Bart Starr unfortunately passed away at the age of 85. So we want to make sure we at least talked about it a little bit, um, got in the podcast, but the podcast to follow after this, we were not aware of it. Yeah, it is a sad day. He's meant so much to the franchise when you think about those Lombardi years. He's He's been the face of that, done a lot of stuff post-football for the community. He's a, he's a well-respected, well-liked man, and yeah, it's a sad day for the Packers organization. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it was kind of almost um a day coming soon after he fell last year. I mm-hmm. think he kind of his his health kind of got worse, but then it it kind of we didn't hear much news, and you didn't know much about what was going on. And he did get that that final picture with with Favre and yeah. and Rogers, which was great. And um, but yeah, you kind of kind of knew that that he his health was declining and yeah he had a lot of health problems i think he had gotten some experimental stem cell treatment yeah i believe so. and that that he did bounce back a little bit but he had yeah he had a rough go of it for a while and like you said um it was great that he did make that far retirement ceremony at lambeau where you had bart star brett Favre, and aaron Rodgers all all in lambeau at once yeah you kind of have our father's generation our generation and then mine and Andy's kids generation yeah. of quarterback, great quarterbacks. Yeah. So that was kind of, that's kind of a cool moment to have for sure. So, um, but yeah, he, what he did for the, just the organization as a whole was awesome. And, um, what he did for the Packers, you know, in those, he really made those teams great for sure. So, um, even though he wasn't a, Excellent passer. I mean, he he, he wasn't that known era, for his though. passing passing numbers, but he was he was an MVP, you know, in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, he had sixteen seasons all with the Packers. I think what's more interesting is he was drafted by them in like the fifteenth round or something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is insane to me. We were talking a little bit earlier during the draft preview of how you get to the later rounds, and it's kind of. Hard or kind of crazy, but it's it's crazy, even crazier. I think to to think that yeah. the Packers got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Nowadays, you expect a seventh round pick is very unlikely to make an impact, mm-hmm. and he's taken like all, like pretty much an afterthought. Yeah, different times back then, but he also coached, coached for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some pretty bad years of him coaching, but they had some decent years of him coaching. With not not bad years, I, I would say. Um, I know he, he didn't have the greatest record as a, as a head coach, which doesn't work sometimes, but, um, yeah, it was kind of weird times after Lombardi left of trying to figure out how to replace him. And star was so popular, you know, the fans really wanted to see, uh, Bart star as a coach. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Like the fans want to see, uh, you know, Brett Favre as a coach. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and it doesn't always work out, but. One thing I think is amazing about the the Lombardi and Star era is after they had lost the NFL championship game to the Eagles in 1960, uh, they never lost a playoff game again with Lombardi and Star. Won five championships, and uh, yeah, Star was a he was a, he was a team captain. He was the main 
main guy that Lombardi uh, talked to, main player he talked to, would get on him a lot. And uh, he actually worked out uh, kind of an understanding with Vince about not uh, not calling him out too much in front of the players because he's supposed to be the team captain. Pretty, pretty interesting that uh, he was the one guy to kind of maybe stand up to Lombardi in a right. way that yeah. most other guys didn't. It's just a stack correction. It was actually the seventeenth round, so I 17th. want to make sure the oh. the Frank Lampings and our our fathers are concerned that they wouldn't be upset yelling at us. Right. Yeah. That's one more thing. Uh, maybe finally, uh, Frank. I think that's his favorite player of all time. It so, is, yeah. uh, we will be having Frank on pretty soon here in the coming weeks. I hope and um, hopefully get his thoughts on on yeah. Mark Star. He some told more. the that great story on the podcast where he uh he kind of snuck. <laughs> <laughs> back uh behind the scenes and uh Bart Starr was back there and said hi to him before he came out on the field I think was it the same was it that far retirement I ceremony game possibly I think it might have right. so yeah I'd love to get uh his thoughts maybe share a couple more good stories about uh Bart Starr with that we just want to say thoughts and prayers to the Bart Starr family um the Packers organization in general and then all the all the Bart Starr fans out there that the the loss of of a legend True legend, um, Bart Starr. So with that, under the regular episode as, as originally recorded. Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a sad episode of the Questionable to Return podcast, as always, I'm with my buddies Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, I. This feels very reminiscent of the Brewers season. Yeah. I feel like this is worse. I think we're expectations maybe a little bit higher. The Brewers were up 2-1 to one in their NLCS series with home field advantage. Yeah, but they weren't, I didn't expect it as much as I kind of, after they quickly moved through where the Bucks did, they also did take care of the Rockies rather easily. Yeah, they had the best record in the NL. They had one game, 163, mm-hmm. they're on that hot streak, then swept the Rockies and then had taken two of three from the Dodgers. I know this Bucks team was hot, equally hot. They had won six it in a row. Mirrored, mirrored each other. Yeah. Very, very similar. That's for sure. Both teams, I guess, for their own reasons, got exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bucks team, even more so, I feel. Oh, yeah. I think the Bucks scaringly, scaringly got exposed, though, for the future. Yeah, that. Do teams now have a blueprint on how to defend Giannis? Yeah. It's true of a lot of, like, bigger guys, bigger forces. If you cannot shoot, Mm -hmm. it's over. And the difference between now and then was, like, we thought we had the shooting aspect down. Like, a a Bucks team from a year ago, you could see this. Like, teams would collapse. Giannis has got to get either a mid-range. He's definitely got to get a mid-range jumper. And if he can keep pushing and and developing a three-point shot, like, this is not an issue. Yeah, he he was okay 
with threes this this whole series, but the problem is that then it's basically either a three or a dunk, which is ideal. Those are the that's a good strategy to have, but when they're completely shutting down the paint, but he's not a volume three point shooter. The, yeah, so that was the point, right? It's like the, the difference was he maybe shoot one or two, three or whatever, but he would be left wide open numerous times and he would mm-hmm. constantly swing the ball because he's not the not comfortable really shooting them yet. And that's the thing. He wants the ball at the point. Having the ball in his hands is what, what everybody wants. You want him to be able to drive, to kick out, whatever. But he wants the ball at the point, and he can't, he can't have, a, have a quick shot. He doesn't, he's not like Kawhi, where Kawhi has the ball on the point, and he can kind of do whatever he wants, and he does have that back, step back or whatever. Giannis will never have, I don't think he'll ever have that, to be totally honest, which is sad to say, but um, he just, he obviously couldn't he couldn't take over the game and they didn't have a guy who could take over the game middleton can make his own shot but he he can't i don't he he just has a tough time getting off of people so they didn't have a guy who could take over like Kawhi. he could he took over every game yeah this series felt like historically bad guard play i don't that i mean i don't mean historically like literally historically but it just seemed like from a season wide you look back these three guys, even if one was in the slump, that would like all of them disappeared. Middleton had that one. What good game three was it? Three at thirty. Yeah, a game four. Game four. But even so, Bledsoe looked horrible. It, it they just looked like a team that like forgot how to play basketball at times. Like literally making mistakes that I don't think a varsity basketball team worth their weight in salt would do. But yeah, these NBA players were just. You could definitely feel it last night when the Raptors were going on that run that the Bucks just made a couple just dumb plays. There was a couple bad turnovers where they're just throwing the ball to nothing, and it did seem like also they were really feeling the weight of this the situation, and they did seem like they were kind of melting down a little bit once Toronto took that lead, and then it quick got up to eight. They did respond though with a seven nothing run. So I guess give him credit for that. Yeah, but, but after a 17-2 run that they just gave up. Yeah. It just comes down to the superstar took over again. Yeah, and so, Kawhi has a much more versatile offensive game than Giannis. I think Lowry had that pick. I think it was him, maybe it was Powell. I can't remember. But even that same exact steal, what Kawhi had, what, yeah. three or four of those? Or like the exact same thing where you drive and you literally don't even look and kick it back backwards to nobody. Yeah. I know... Uh, so much of the offense has been built around Giannis basically being the primary ball handler at the top of the key. Thinking back to the preseason, Coach Bud in those blue squares where he wanted spacing at the wings and the corners, so Giannis had maximum room to work. Were you guys surprised, though, that they didn't try to do something else? It seemed like they still were relying on Giannis getting the ball and just that's exactly what the Raptors wanted they're ready for it every time Giannis started dribbling with the ball at the the top of the key you could tell they were set in their zone defense and there was help defenders just waiting for him to try to penetrate yeah I I was I was kind of hoping they would have like Middleton take the ball at the point that's what I was saying at least run run the same offense I don't care but have somebody else at the point for sure and have Giannis in the corner and he can just take the baseline yeah I thought 
Middleton, sh- they should have switched roles. Yeah. And Middleton should have been running the point. Or they should have tried then maybe more pick and rolls to get the ball to Giannis. Because yeah. it seems like they ran very few of those where with someone where like Toronto that's all they did they ran yeah. a pick and roll every single time down yeah and I was thinking why not try at least try that to have Giannis penetrate it just seemed like every time Giannis got the ball though it was he's facing the basket he's out beyond the three-point line and as soon as he starts dribbling like the Raptors settle into their zone again right well, Toronto's game, <clears throat> game plan primarily was just to go small like they basically for the most part had four ball handlers in a baka switch out Gasol and sometimes yeah Gasol did not have a great series I mean he had a couple big shots a couple times yeah. I think I messaged you guys in, in, in a group chat that we have that I remember when Brooke Lopez would make those shots and he has in the playoffs it just in this Toronto series it seems like that shot seemed to disappear completely now he had a big fourth quarter for us and yeah. was the primary reason we're still in that game so I'm not like ridiculing him I'm just a little surprised that the Bucks didn't try to counter that a little bit and go big. Why don't we just go big and see what they could do? Like get all your, your go Ilyasova, go Brook, go and have Giannis run point and then watch them try to defend with four guards. I mean, some of the reason we didn't go big is that uh, Miritich really put himself in the doghouse that they didn't want to use all their bigs on the floor at once because basically just had Ilyasova off the bench. So when you're up by 15, you don't need to have Miritich in there. Miritich, really, you don't need to change anything, so why why change it? Right. The new miritich list lineup seemed to be working, and uh, I would guess he got benched because of his three-point shooting. He was 6 for 31 in the series. Oh, man. Which is depressing because he looked so good last year. Yeah, I was so happy to have him, too, when we made the move late in the season. But I don't blame Coach Bud for trying to shake up the lineup, at least. Uh, I wish they would have maybe shook up the offense, but I get that it's they've had these certain philosophies of their offense built in all season, but this is what happens in the playoffs. you got to adjust. Right. Yeah, and Toronto adjusted. Danny Green was is a hell of a three point shooter, and he wasn't hitting at all either. So you barely saw him late in games. You always saw Powell and and um, Van Vliet, who just had a baby and just dominated. Yeah, that really motivated him. I guess the difference between us and them is they had other people to bring in that were actually hitting shots consistently. We did not. Yeah, the first two games of the series, you know, we got the. Uh, the big game from uh, Ilya Silva, that was game two. Brooke and was game Brooke one. Brooke was game one. And yeah, you thought we could count on some of these guys that weren't Giannis or Middleton or Bledsoe. And then it's like it flipped. It was, it was Ibaka, it was Powell, it was Van Vliet. Those were the guys that were stealing the show. It just seems like this team was just ill-equipped to handle a half-court set. Like, they're really great in transition. They're really great um, pushing the ball up. But when the team got set and had a defense against Giannis driving, they had no answer for any of it. Yeah. Why why didn't they try at least a little bit? You have two seven-footers, seven-plus, whatever. None of them are in the post at all. Except for at the end of game, what, six now? I saw Brooke actually finally take it to it with two minutes left. Got a 
and one. But that was the only time I really seen him post up or take the ball in the post. Giannis never does. I don't know if they were. They almost seemed afraid to go in the paint, most of the players, because Toronto was doing such a good job of collapsing. But to just concede then that we're not going to try to score in the paint, I mean, that's a huge win for the Raptors. They basically knew coming down the Bucks are going to take a three on a lot of possessions. Yeah, it was a stat last night that they were what? They led the league in, in like paint scoring with 50-plus points a game. And, and they, they had, what, 18? Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing right there. But I think it it just really bummed me out. It really I don't know, pissed me off, bummed me out, every kind of emotion possible. Even there's even if there's a wall, Giannis, I felt like during the whole season, nothing stopped him from getting to where he wanted to get. And all of a sudden, just because there's a couple people in the lane, it stopped him. I feel like he still had lanes to go. I feel like he still could have gotten through, but he just like was so tentative and he didn't like get in a groove and he would get in a groove early in the game and then he would just fizzle out. Like he just got like afraid. He looked afraid to take over the game. He he did have long stretches in this series where he just wouldn't shoot. Right. Going back to, I, I forgot what game it was, but he went like the whole third quarter without even attempting a shot. Was that maybe last game? Yeah, I think so. Game, yeah, game five maybe, but possibly. Yeah, he he just didn't feel comfortable out there. It's like his whole his whole game that he's built, and he's so used to just being able to dominate in the paint, just wasn't there. Plus, you could see it was taking toll physically on him, like the idea of getting hammered every time he went in mm-hmm. and, and getting a call. Maybe what thirty percent of the time. Um, and plus two, they were they were real really active their hands anytime Giannis tried to put the ball on the floor and dribble maybe just to get in the rhythm the, the ball was getting poked away guys were swatting at it It was almost like you know I felt like dribbling in the paint was going to be a disaster no matter who did it yeah one one way to beat a zone which they were obviously running was a zone yeah Jim, is to hit shots yeah and they didn't hit shots so they did early, and I think the Raptors just waited. Jim uh, Beheim would be proud of their right. Syracuse-esque zone. Uh, but early in the game, yeah, they were hitting threes, and they had that big lead, but it's like the Raptors just stay the course. The Bucks aren't going to shoot 50% from three the whole game. They did in the first half, and it was like, yeah, once the Bucks kind of cooled down, but all of a sudden... Why don't you just put the typical big man in the middle, Giannis or Lopez, and just beat the zone that way and you pass out of it yeah it goes back to like you have, you have two bigs you can go you can go to a bigger lineup like you can go ahead and, and destroy that zone if you have if you have a big it's just like it felt like we still wanted to prove statistics like big data that we're still going to shoot threes and that's all we're going to do because mm-hmm. that's the only way or the best way for us to get back in this game but clearly that wasn't working so I don't know why. And, and it also exposed us, like, we have zero mid-range jump game. Like, yeah. it's either three-point shots or in the paint, and there's no middle ground at all. Well, that's the thing is Middleton has a really good mid-range game, but well, he, he can't get off of guys. He can't make his own shot half the time. Plus, uh, one of the things that Coach Bud did uh, tell Middleton when, when he uh, came into the season was a lot of those twos you take should be threes. He he did talk Middleton out of shooting long twos this season. Uh, I know that was just part of his philosophy of shaking up the roster. So, 
yeah, Middleton, yeah, he always, I always felt like he was a great shooter from, you know, those like 18 footers, but it's like, it's kind of like our offense just didn't really feature that much. But that's the thing is you did something all season the same way. You played different teams every week, um, every day, whatever. So you're, you're facing different guys. You're, you're able to get them out of, you know, certain tendencies easily where you played this team, you know, six times in a row, they're going to figure, figure stuff out where now you're trying to do the same thing over and over and over. And Boston started to figure it out. Obviously they started to make a wall, but they didn't have the personnel to probably to, to stop Giannis and stop the three point shooting. So to say where, where the Raptors had that. And then we can't adjust. We've done it all year. Like it's going to be impossible to put a whole new system in. I mean, yes, you should be able to adjust your NBA players, but I don't know. I feel like you've done something for so long. Why, why change it up so much? I don't know. It's kind of tough. I still think it goes back to the idea that the people we relied on the whole season, when Giannis drove like that and had an opportunity to kick it out to somebody, so when they collapse on him, they have three-plus guys that all kind of converge. There needs to be somebody open, and the guys we usually rely upon to hit that shot, whether it be Miritich, whether it be any of the other guards, Middleton, didn't show up, it seemed, this series. I just think the collapse happened way earlier than usual, so they were able, able to recover quicker on, on guys. Yeah, because ideally, the, with the defense they are playing, that should leave corner threes wide open, and you even saw with the Raptors, Danny Green wasn't hitting threes. They basically benched him for the rest of the game. And with the Bucks, it's just we'd already benched Miritich. Kind of, I don't know. There's no more. No I think more this answers. goes back even before like game six. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think we got lucky with game one. Game two was what we were kind of used to seeing. So maybe it was an off day by Toronto, and then it was that was it. Well, yeah. game three was it. If they could have taken game game three, I bet you it was over. I know that's the crazy thing is that really ended up being maybe the pivotal game of the series. I know it, game five always is in a series that's two two, but yeah, if, if the they, bu- if Bucks win game three, it's over, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, they could come back and win like they did, but that's a big debilitating. No, three, no team has ever done it in basketball, so no. yeah, and that yeah, the, I, know, I know number sixteen has beaten number one, so it can't happen. Oh wait. <laughs> It, it did happen last year, because that was uh that was the first game too where they really stopped Giannis. Was that uh, game three? Giannis only had twelve points, and that's also where uh, his free throw woes began, which was surprising. I don't know. What do you guys make of that? Do you think it was just physically and mentally he's just worn down a bit? But you could see it in his face. He wasn't confident. Yeah, because when he airballed a couple of yeah. them in the series, he he airballed like two different shots, especially in Game Six, on two different occasions where he drove was literally three feet from the hoop. Maybe it was more mm-hmm. looked visually three feet, but it airballed that shot. Yeah, he had a a bad one last night where it almost looked like he was trying to pass to someone who wasn't there. It's like I don't know what he was doing. It almost goes back to. The season, when teams did certain things, we got down by a certain amount. There was adjustments that were made. He, he knew what to do. I think he got to the point now in the series where physically and mentally he had 
didn't have an idea. Like there wasn't a plan. There was no way mm. to get out of this. Like they didn't yeah. know what to do. He couldn't just, you know, will his way to carry this team. He couldn't impose his will with attacking the basket. Because I think whenever he was stopped, there was that shooting. Like it, it kind of was a crutch almost. Like Lopez hitting, hitting all those shots. And I don't know. I just feel like it kind of was a crutch for Giannis to kind of lean on to help him out so that it freed up that middle for him. But he, if in order for him to be a superstar, which, I mean, he's close to it, if not a superstar. He is. He probably won MVP. Maybe my hot take is, is he a superstar? I don't know. If he doesn't develop any more game, I think he's going to be easily handled from now on. I mean, Kawhi was the best player in the series. I mean... That's not some big hot take to say that, as Kawhi was just yeah. flat out better than Giannis. Yeah, he's got a better game than him. Yeah. To be totally honest, he, he's probably better than Giannis. Yeah, he, he, like you're saying, his offensive game is just just so superior because he, yeah. can, he can shoot. He can shoot threes. He can take long twos. He has that step back. He just has way more moves. I think you just got to fully put on display the difference between regular season basketball and playoff basketball. Like, there's a vastly different. Yeah. Level. And just they played different. And, you know, we're saying, is this a blueprint for teams to defend the Bucks in the future? Which, to a certain degree, it is. But in the regular season, it's hard to implement, especially if you're playing the Bucks on, like, a back-to-back. You don't have that much time to game plan. But, like you're saying, the difference is when you play a team six times over the course of, like, two weeks, it's just all about adjustments mm-hmm. and the chess match. And the Raptors obviously figured something out. And then it's like we didn't have a counter to their counter, right? And so I, for, where do the Bucks go from here? I guess, or where does Giannis go from here? You know, how does he develop his game and get better? You always see those players, like a Lopez, like I can't think of anybody else offhand right now. But L- Lopez is the big, the biggest one who didn't shoot three pointers. All of a sudden, start shooting yeah. three pointers and hitting, you know, good 30, 35, 40, almost 40% sometimes. Um, so, well, how does he develop that game? I guess he still is young. Yeah. He still can young. develop that game. So, you hope that he, he gets the kind of training that he needs to develop that game because I just think, in order for him to become the greatest player possibly of his era, he needs to develop that game. But you even look at like the the really great players that you th- speak of. So even like Kawhi Leonard, right? It took how long before he was because he was just considered a defensive guy for a long time before he actually developed that offensive piece of it, and then then now he's con- considered like one of the best two way players right. in the league. Giannis is twenty four. Yeah. So you got to figure like in, in all purposes from a body development and mental and and just experience like he's really going into he just finished his sophomore season mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy when you think it's of insane. it it's insane it's going to be his seventh year yeah yeah this was his sixth year and he's, he's still only 24 years old well i mean you you, you go from you, t- you take it from the the inside out so you start start from the from the hoop and you go out so he's hitting the hoop he's doing that great so let's just start moving it out a little mm-hmm. bit further and and start at the free throw line yeah, I I think yeah, he needs a a jump shot where if if they're willing to give him or or if he finds space at like 15 feet to just pull That'd up and great, hit that. Right? Yeah. And he wouldn't need a three-pointer 
right Dude, I, if he can hit that shot fade away you know anything hit that shot i think that'd be a huge thing for his game i think if you hit that like the spot jumper or whatever else the three-point stuff will come eventually or even like, just to the point where like again where you have to keep teams honest and he started to do that toward the tail end so that's why i'm confident that he can kind of develop that that jump shot in that mid-range game it just he didn't have confidence in it and, and was like scared to do it when he when he turned around and they'd back off him waiting for him to do whatever crazy move he was going to do if you could just turn around and like hit that jumper well then they got to play on him which now creates the opportunity for you to get by them easier because when they play bodied up all you gotta do is do that wicked spin move and then you have like the really long arms that he has and now it's a dunk in the guy's face mm-hmm. but when they play off him now you have a body and that's where like he gets in trouble because he tries to go through him and then you get the offensive like fouls and things like that. But if you could turn around and he plays off you, and then you just shoot that jumper in his face, and then you like, there's gonna be no way to really stop him if he can hit that. Like as you mentioned, that mid range game out, and the out game just enough to keep him honest, not enough to, like where I don't think he's gonna be. Like, he's not gonna be Dirk Nowitzki. Like he's not gonna no. be that guy. No, no. But, but hey, if you're not, if you're not even gonna come out and guard me, yeah, you'd like to see a mid range jumper, or maybe you would think too if he could drive in. To like with teams setting up the wall and then try a fadeaway if it's there, because you do see him attempt that, but it doesn't seem like it's that successful. He he'll try he's that hit little. It. He's fade. hit it. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah, hit it. It's yeah. it, it's not consistent. It doesn't look natural to him. Like yeah, it seems like he's making a conscious decision. Like he's got the ball, and he's making a calculated decision. Like what do I need to do? And he finally decides the process that he needs to shoot. Like if you can recognize like off the wall when he sees like them coming off, that I just know that I, I'm going to spot up and shoot right now in a continuous flow. It looks more natural. I think that's when you know. That's probably the problem is it. that he's thinking too much and it's not coming naturally yeah. at, at times. And you can you can tell when it's happening that way for sure because he just looks confused and he doesn't. He kind of does some weird plays. For usually during this year, I felt like he didn't have that a lot and he made the amazing passes all all mm-hmm. year where this series he kind of turned into last year Giannis with with Jason Kidd where he was just kind of what is my role kind of thing mm-hmm. so and that's the thing they needed a leader and and nobody stepped up to lead on this team Bledsoe nobody yeah so. you, every team needs like has a superstar needs to have their Scottie Pippen and like the Bucks just didn't have one no they didn't they didn't have a consistent one for sure like, like, yeah, it's nice having Lopez and Ilyasova have these games, but those guys are supposed to do that. You need Middleton or Bledsoe or even Brogdon, you could say, mm-hmm. consistently giving you 20 a game. Yeah. Like, like the Bucks in the day had. They had 20-20-20. You had the big three, and that was it, and the guys knew their, knew their role. Middleton barely scored 20. Middleton had 30 in game four. Otherwise, his next best game was this last game with 14. 14, yeah. And he was, he was hot early. That's not good enough. Yeah. It's That's not, the thing. He's hot good. early, and then he cools. He had a game with six and a game with nine points this series. So, yeah. He's Who, our other all-star. He's supposed to be, yeah, like you said, putting up 20 a game. Who's going to pay him after this? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody will. Somebody I will. Think yeah. I think he'll still He's get serviceable. He'll get. I think he'll get a max offer, just based on how many teams have max slots. Every team was saving up for prepping for because of you know Durant, Kyrie, all these guys that are Clay Thompson, Kawhi. There's so many good players, like superstar players. That yeah. Are so there's, there's so many. There's so many good players, but then there's not that many. But there's so many teams now that have saved up for those, like four. Yeah. So you have eight teams that are like spying for those four and they're going to still spend that money. They're going to go after like the second tier ones at that point. So before we get into like this future Bucks stuff, I just want to say 
my wife gave me a a pretty hard time on how hard I was taking these bucks losses. She was like, "You're too serious. You gotta. This is not. This is just a game. Like you, whatever." And I don't. I don't really know. I don't know how to react to it. You know, it's kind of like it. It comes so naturally to me to be so attached. And we haven't had bucks, buck season like this in forever for our whole life. So it's like, it sucks that they didn't get there, but we need to realize that this team is still there. It's still good. And they're still going to be one of the best teams in the East. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we keep Giannis and, and it can keep going. But we got to look back at this season still and realize that they came from pretty much crap last year to mm-hmm. winning their first playoff series as a team taking out Boston which was huge and getting to the finals in the Eastern Conference granted it came up disappointing for all of us but they're they're still young at heart so they so got a long way to go I guess what makes these these things so frustrating it's the same thing that we talked about even with the Brewers eulogy that we talked about um, at the end of last season and, and even now we're, we're going to definitely dive into here is that by midpoint this season you could tell that this team was special Mm -hmm. the idea that you could put these pieces together in a small market and get this type of production this type of development and you had like that you got to see visually like Giannis make that next step earlier than anybody anticipated while staring down the idea that next season like you knew they weren't gonna be able to put this team back together yeah that's one of the frustrating parts and just uh, for your wife, Pete, you know, she's wondering why you take it so hard. Does she realize you do a sports podcast? I don't know. I don't, I don't know she, if she does. And does, you, does she know that being like a fan is short for fanatic? I, I guess. I don't know. I don't you, get it. You spend, she's uh, trolling me You spend on all your free time uh, talking sports with us on the podcast. Of course you're going to take it hard when the Bucks are having their best season does in she, almost two decades. She's watched Packer games with us for 10 years, like the uh, 10 years of our marriage or whatever. Eleven years. Well, yeah, I think, I think, I think eleven years. I think most people can assume, <laughs> like, yeah, we've had success as Packer fans. Packers were crazy. Like, that's a, it's a lifelong thing. I think people get a little bit estranged when it's, oh, you're gonna be this crazy for the Bucks. And, oh wait, and the Bru- wait a minute. Yeah, it's that's hard to the sign thing up too. for that. Well, there's only sixteen games in an NFL season too, so yeah. it's very short lived. Where the Bucks season is very long, and every single night I was sitting there watching the Bucks. So. Yeah, it's 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 probably I probably got a little bit in too intense. No, there. you're fine. No, I'm good. I'm good. I just yeah. needed to watch it with somebody. Not that my my wife enjoyed the Bucks. She granted she was getting excited. I'm not. No, I'm I know. Still giving mean. her props. She was. She got into the Bucks, which is something I never thought she would. But I just needed like one of you guys with me. I know what you mean. You want somebody <laughs> with the same emotional, the same invest- emotional, yeah, investment because yeah. otherwise, know, that yeah, get dangerous. Yeah, still, too but uh, yeah, that's true. I know what you mean, though, if you want somebody who, un- like, understands the gravity of the situation when it's, like, a tie game with a minute to go. Or, like, like when Kawhi dunked over, over Giannis, I said game over. There's six minutes yeah. left. She's like, what? There's six minutes left. I'm like, no, that's just, that's just a brutal, brutal thing. Even though the threat of... I just never saw a team that was this good, like, forget how to play, like, core basketball. Like, it was just... It was frustrating. The frustrating part was that they had leads in these losses where they'd have double-digit leads. And even this last game, it it kind of felt like, I guess game one was flipped in that sense. 
it did feel like the Bucks were in control for so long, and even when the Raptors would make a run and get it down to like four or five, the Bucks kept answering until about midway through the third quarter. They just ran out of answers, and that's when, like you said, it was disappointing that they're making such just basic fundamental mistakes of just dumb passes or settling for some like horrible shots. It's, like, it's a core thing. Like when you're when you're facing a team that it's on a run, right? Like you're not you. The best thing you can do, even if you're like going cold, right? You're not hitting shots. The best thing you can do is not help them get any better than they are. Mm-hmm. So hold on to the ball, control it. I guess that's where it goes back to. I guess my frustration, where if you have the the bigs that we do, and you're gonna try to slow it down, because the best thing you can do is not like speed up the momentum of of the team that's actually on a, on a roll. Like slow the ball down and pound it inside a little bit. Like back off that front court or whatever else. And just, for the love of God, for a little bit, show why you have a seven-footers out there. But that's not the NBA now. Uh, who, what team does that? I don't know. Abaka had almost 20 points playing Ibaka, post ball. He didn't play. He didn't get the ball in the post like that. He, got, know, he dr- pushed off and got rebounds and dunked over people. I don't know, I don't know how many times I saw the ball where like you had a Kawhi or somebody else. Was it Lowry like driving and you just dish it to wide open because everybody had to come up? But that's not post ball. I'm thinking like Shaq. Barkley kind of. I'm just saying, ball. not having your your seven foot two guy sitting out of the three point corner. I understand. Okay. So have if you're having Giannis drive or if you have anybody else drive, why isn't there somebody else remotely flashing in at that point? Like you still like I we talked about all the time where we have like we play one four like one two two and you have everybody spread out wide for spacing. I get that for Giannis, but at some point when you're seeing them collapse up, like somebody can hit come back door. Yeah. It just seems a waste of like height. To have him sit out there, like clearly that's not working right now. Yeah, have them. It's like we were afraid to take twos when we were down. At that point, we were too afraid to do it. Live and die with the three. That's what yeah. they did this year. Well, they died with it. Yeah, and when when you're uh, when you already have given momentum to the other team to do stuff like just throw a pass right to Lowry for an easy layup, that gets the crowd just going so crazy the raptors bench going crazy then it's like you really start to feel panic set in yeah because it's deflating because there's nothing you can do especially when you're when you throw a pass like that and he has all the momentum going the other direction there's no way for you to stop that either you're gonna kill him or you're just gonna watch him dunk in your face but yeah i think the big thing was the bucks don't they don't have a closer they got up by 15 sure but the toronto raptors have a closer they have Kawhi Leonard, and he got them back into games. They slow burned all the time. They they played defensively. They locked them down. They locked down Giannis when they needed to, and the Bucks just didn't have a closer. They they couldn't get up twenty. They couldn't get up, you know, in those last four games. They just couldn't do it. Yeah, they didn't. They were, they were not a team of panic. So I'll, I'll give all the credit to from a coaching staff and that team for being prepared. The idea that even in this game when they were down by fifteen, it didn't look like it. Just- and, you know, you mentioned Middleton struggling as, as our number two. You know, their their other all-star player is Kyle Lowry, and he was pretty consistently solid around, you know, 20 points every game. He had 30 in game one, but then he also had games of 25, 17, 17, 15. He was at least, he was consistently there and shooting threes well and making free throws. And so they're, their best play, their best two players outplayed our best two players. That's the thing. How many free throws did Middleton shoot? 
Um, I can look it up. He I, should, I barely saw him shoot. In the probably hole. average like three a game, maybe. In maybe, maybe, yeah. He averaged two point two a game in the series. Oh my God, that's something. He shot thirteen in the whole series. That's frustrating to me. Yeah. Anyway, not that it wasn't get, he wasn't getting foul calls, but but when you he see, wasn't trying to get foul when you calls. see Lowry going to the line eight times, ten times, yeah. eight times, like that's what Middleton should be doing, and he's not. He he just doesn't draw the fouls. He was passing off too much, and he doesn't have. Like, it goes back to what you said. Like he has no way to create a shot, so he doesn't have that drive capability. Right. Yeah. Anyway, like Bledsoe's the closest that we have to that, and he just doesn't. He isn't as good a shooter as them. Well, I I know you you're really mad at Bledsoe. He locked. He he did his best defensively. He was yeah. all over the place. Oh yeah, defensively he was. He deserved. He showed that why he was all defensive, defensive team. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not at all ridiculing that. But when you are running point, and you have to, it's almost like you don't. If you could, you'd want to take him out that half of the ball. Like he was, as much as he would do defensively, he would do just as much negatively to impact from an offensive perspective. He looked like a deer in the headlights a lot of the time. Like, he didn't know what to do. I guess uh, I so don't... I don't know if it goes back to experience. I, it might go back to experience, but... I don't know if there's one... Um, If we talk about experience, I'm going to get up and walk out of this podcast. <laughs> Just leave us to answer the question. We need more lighthearted. We haven't laughed enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has been a depressing podcast. Yeah, good well, move by Giannis, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I feel bad for Middleton. I had to say, it. for those of you who didn't see it, it, if you want to watch the post game conference from from yesterday or Game Six, the a reporter asked Giannis about if we talked about experience all through the season. Um, now that they've lost, do, how does he feel? Or does he think like the experience? That. Does he believe the the this point now? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he just got up and walked away, leaving Middleton like they're just scrambling. The question. He's like, uh, so what was the question? Experience. Uh, which we were saying to post game press conferences are the dumbest thing ever. Terrible. First of all, like it's horrible that they just suffered their seasons over. They're dealing with that. They're emotional. And then you're going to ask more questions about, Oh, why did you lose? Just sit up here and tell me about why you lost. And I hate. So either one of you guys at, at, so we just mentioned that Giannis is 24 at 24 years old. You lost one of the biggest series that you've, it's the biggest point in your career probably at this point right now. How do you handle that? Well, at well, 24, I was army crawling on a floor. <laughs> um, losing no, your just... ability to walk from <laughs> yeah, from beverages. Yeah, so no. yeah. I mean, me at 24, if I was Shoot. on the NBA team, I'd be a, I'd be a problem. I'd be a real problem. <laughs> yeah, I'd be Johnny Manziel, like <laughs> Spreewell. Yeah, like it'd be a disaster. <laughs> we would not be in the Eastern Conference Finals if I was a team's twenty-four-year-old best player. Yeah, if, if any, you'd have a team handler. Everybody yeah. out there knows Dennis Rodman. Mike would be two times <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm barely mature now at age thirty-five. <laughs> me at age twenty-four was a disaster, but. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to speak. You wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't want to have somebody interview me yesterday <laughs> after the loss, and I'm just a fan. Yeah, I think all that's ridiculous. Just let them go be in the locker room and deal with it themselves as a team. But if we, I know we're saying certain guys didn't play well, and there isn't. I want to make anyone the scapegoat, or as Antonio Pierce would say, a scapegoat. A scapegoat. <laughs> because I, I think ultimately it just came down to. The Raptors made adjustments, and we couldn't adjust as a team. 
because it, it really the Raptors adjustments affected pretty much everyone on the roster. So yeah, I don't I don't think the Bucks ever had to adjust during the season though, and then this is something yeah. they never faced. They never faced really didn't face two in a row losses. They never faced three in a row. Yeah. So it's some it, maybe that could affect them. I'm sure it didn't, but. But yeah, I, I just think teams had to adjust to them so much during the season where they kind of found their way in Giannis dunks and hitting threes, and it just kind of bailed them out so many, so many times where the Raptors were much faster defensively and they just figured them out. And that's the thing is early in the season, they played Toronto early in the season. They didn't play them later in the season. So I think maybe that hurt them too is that they couldn't really play them when they had Gasol or, or I don't know. Maybe I'm sure that doesn't make a difference, but that's just in the back of my yeah, head. Like they they went small, and they went with speed, and it was something that we couldn't adjust to. And that was a good good deal on them because the speed it really showed that they could close out on guys, and they they stopped them from shooting threes. I, I know. Guess, I guess what's sad is like they're gonna go on and out and play Golden State, and they. Like, my thought is they have zero chance, zero. Even uh, if Durant that, hurt though. No, the, 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 Raptors, the Raptors do have home court in the series. They had the second best record. Very true. Does not matter. I mean, Golden does State does not matter. Is, yeah, they're they try to pull that like they go small like that. I mean, I don't know. Draymond Green can eat Ibaka for lunch, and if they try to go small like that, like Golden State has guards to keep up with that and can shoot, so they can't do that. They're not gonna be able to focus on one person because you like what are you gonna do? Double team on on Steph, and then leave Clay wide open. It would have been the same situation with the Bucks. Yeah. Although I, mean, I I feel like the Bucks. I think Bucks would have been. I think a it would have been fit. fun. It, it would have been a very fun series. I think it'll still be fun. I think it's still amazing to watch what Kawhi's doing. Kawhi has just. This might be one of the best runs we've seen in the playoffs by a by a single player. The shots he's making, the knee knee issues, whatever they are, and. I mean, to touch on his shot, like it hits every part of the rim. Oh, it's that one it's three, so sickening. that three pointer that went off oh, the front of the man. rim, backboard yeah. and in. It's yeah. kind of like it's his shot to beat Philly. He's got some magic touch on some of those jumpers. That's just those good shooters. They just have that right. perfect spin or whatever. I don't know, but but yeah, I I I probably won't watch any game in the series because I'm just so depressed and I yeah, just I need to get I... back into Brewers. But I. I feel like if I don't, I'll miss something, maybe something special by Kawhi. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. I, I do feel like Golden State has a very good chance to just Yeah, sweep I mean, them. Golden State was going to be heavy favorites against either us or yeah. the Raptors. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I've, I'm so sick of the Warriors, but now after losing to the Raptors and seeing Drake celebrate, I, I can't cheer for the Raptors. So I think I might just kind of avoid yeah. it too. Yeah. For sure. But, I mean, the X factor, obviously, in that series is Andrew Bogut. I mean, the guy has been pretty amazing this year. Uh, he finally healed from his elbow injury. and no, That's who we're cheering for? Is that right? the only former Buck? Is that what we're cheering for? Yeah. I think so. I think every year a former Buck wins a championship, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> so many guys pass through town here. Yeah. Yeah, we get so many of them now. Well, not, not lately, but. Well, we'll get, I mean, either way. We'll have a buck win a championship this year. Was it Meek's on Toronto? Yep. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah he uh, he played like one minute one game. Yeah, we were up by twenty. And I guess uh, you know, looking at this too, we're talking about Toronto having home court. 
they were the second best team all year and they did rest Kawhi a bit. Their plan was only play him 60 games. So he did miss 22 games because they wanted him to be fresh for the playoffs. I mean, he's still a little banged up, so it was probably the right move. But yeah, Toronto, you know, they were legit. But, oh, yeah. yeah, if he plays, I, let's say he plays half those games, they could have been the one number one seed. I think if you looked at it as a tier, I mean, the Warriors are clearly the class of the league, but I'd say the Raptors and Bucks are pretty equal. And if you were talking about the best teams, it feels like the three teams left now are the three best teams in the NBA. I know, granted, the Blazers made it this far as well, but they got swept right out of the playoffs. But at the same token, you have you have Golden State that had periods of, like, they didn't have Boogie Cousins, and they had other periods where you have Durant was out part of the season, and you also had periods where they have Steph Curry, and like, you can yeah. clearly tell that they, they don't play the same basketball. Like, they're literally like, I'm going to do just enough, and then it's a whole different well, they have to be whole different game with now five finals in a row. They have to be almost bored of the regular season because it's so meaningless to them. Oh yeah, it's so it, easy. Yeah, it's just wait for the postseason. How fired up are they supposed to get about like playing the Magic at home? Right. You know, they want to get to the point where you can just see right now, like they're they're down Kevin Durant, and they swept a pretty pretty talented like Trailblazer team. Yeah, like it was nothing. And without Durant, Durant got hurt uh, in that Rockets series, and everyone's like, oh, it's over. Rockets come back. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not so fast. Not as so Pete, fast, my friend. As Pete would say, Steph Curry was like, hold my beer. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. Steph Curry. But yeah, the, I think after these, these finals, it'll be a very interesting NBA summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if the Warriors are still together. We'll see if the Bucks are still together. We'll see if Toronto's still together. I think if there's any hope of Durant coming back, which there probably was none after this like run, like there's no chance. The, the Onion had a a great headline with Durant. It was a uh, employee using up all of his sick time before leaving company. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, good stuff. Nice. Well, they're probably like going to him, like, there's no need for you to like rush back. Yeah, but you got it, this. Um, a little it, more fun. I think it will be fun. I think it will be interesting to see like this whole I the NBA offseason is going to get started earlier too. Um but I think uh July 30th now or June 30th is is the free agency period starting point this, instead of like July 1st or something. This but, is going to be one of the most interesting ones ever be. and like you had said, you know, the Bucks, they're still going to bring back a talented roster, but they're not going to have all the same players. Now you think about what a luxury it was to have like George Hill. He's making 18 million coming yeah. off the bench. Right. But he was really the oh, God. the most Is the he the calming, most calming factor? Yeah, is he the most playoff experienced Buck? Yeah, he must be because I, I know so. cuz he was with the Spurs. Yeah. Uh they said coach Bud, you know, put him in a couple times to try to be a calming presence when maybe some of these other guys were pressing and And it worked. You could tell even in him. Like he played at a different level once we got to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see what this Bucks team looks like. I mean, do you guys have strong thoughts now on who who has to be priority number one at this point number one in my eyes i think it's brogdon based off of shooting why i think he's just a he the way he can handle the ball he doesn't turn it over much he shoots very well he's a very good free throw shooter i think he's still going to be a very good player in the future that's he's number one in my eyes uh i honestly am fine with letting middleton walk as hard as that is to say I don't like his game. I I don't like that he can't get off of anything. He can't make his own shot. I feel like Brogdon can is a better version of Middleton. 
uh, I don't know. It, it, he just maybe Middleton's more of a smoother, or I don't know. It's just kind of I like Brogdon a little bit better. He's he's younger. I don't just I, in my eyes, but I think the next one beyond Brogdon would be I think Lopez for another year would be nice but I might say Lopez number one now uh for his defense too very true when when we have needed him he's stepped up and been pretty good he averaged almost three over three blocks a game in the in the playoffs right yeah Yeah. I believe so So, yeah I'm it's hard for me to even say like I guess Lopez Brogdon would be a would be good just from Brogdon's age perspective, but I think Middleton, I'm okay letting him walk because there's other options that can do spot shooting at a better clip than what he's even like shown at times. Yeah. So we'll we'll let Middleton walk and get Kawhi. There you go, yeah. <laughs> or Clay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder though, uh it seems like I we'll see how loyal uh Clay Thompson is, but if Durant leaves, it does seem like the Warriors would really be like yeah, I don't think all they, in on keeping yeah, Clay. Clay but but that's why this offseason is gonna be interesting because, you know, there's going to be a game of uh musical chairs a bit and we'll see where these teams you know, who they end up getting. Because I could see a team like the Lakers, you know, maybe they get Kawhi but miss out on other guys. So would they do something like then? Oh, Middleton, max contract. If you got LeBron and Kawhi, Middleton's a good third option. Some yeah. team might look at it like that. I, I just don't think you can't forget about the Clippers. They're yeah. a very good team, and they have two slots. Yeah, that's true. The Clippers have some really good young players. I mean, there's going to be a lot of players, I think, that will want to go there because of what they have already. You know, uh, by getting rid of Tobias Harris to the Sixers, they got that uh, Landry Chimay. The, uh, who was a good young player. They yep. got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, Montrezl Harrell came on. Like Those are pretty good role players to put around <laughs> hey, stars. Don't forget about Sweet Lou Williams. Sweet <laughs> Lou, still going strong. Man, he has played a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's so. a, that perennial six-man. So who's so of the free agent people that, that potentially might be available, who would you be okay with in all reality for the Bucks picking up? There's so many questions because the Bucks. I think money-wise, it's hard for the Bucks right now. Are they willing to go into the luxury tax? I, I, think I, think the, you, I think you have to. I think you have to. But I think it, it also, can they find a suitor for Tony Snell's contract? That's already rumored. Because um, then you get rid of that contract, which is what, $11 million this mm-hmm. year and then $12 million option, I believe. So I, that's, a lot of, that's a big chunk of money. Um. Yeah, I think you have to go in the tax. You have to try to, almost try to get everybody back. You already have Bledsoe, which I'm I'm fine with. Like um, I, like I'd be okay like letting Milton walk in and like trying to go after like a JJ Redick. Like that's a guy who I I can trust that like when I'm driving I can kick out to him and he's probably one of the best sharpshooters like the game has. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. Uh, We'll see what uh, he settles for. He's been getting one-year deals. He's mm-hmm. getting, I think he's like mid-30s now, but still can shoot. Yeah, I don't know if, they're, if, if they'll look to bring in guys from the outside or if they're just going to focus on you getting know, their guys back. Yeah, or Miritich or any of these other role players. Yeah, because like he's, what, 34 right now? I think that's something like that, yeah. That sounds he's, right. like around, he's, he's around our age. I think he's making like twelve million or something. 
So the twelve a one year, twelve year deal. I'm like I I take that as a, a it seemed like like that type of person though is something like we could have had like used right now. Like Milton's kinda like that, but different. Like Jada Reddick is just one of those guys that I can just sit there. Well, I know nobody wants quick shot. I know nobody wants to hear this, but why didn't they just try Snell then? Just why not? Defensive liability. He's a D and three guy. The long arms. Yeah. He's shown it. Slow. He showed it this early in this season. I don't know. Yeah, he fell out of favor, and I was his biggest supporter because he shoots forty percent from three every year. But uh, he just—I guess he doesn't fit in with their playoff rotation. It—I mean, the Bucks are pretty deep. He was trying to—he would have had a beat out, you know. Well, there you go. Like Connaughton, probably for minutes. You heard well, from Pete first. That's the Middleton replacement. Is Tony Snow? No. Well, I think. We can't forget there's DJ Wilson who's going to get more time. Sterling Brown's going to get more time. DiVincenzo, obviously he was a huge part of this team early in the season, and he was playing pretty well as a rookie. So you still have those three guys. You would probably see Connaughton maybe. Um, uh, Elias Sova's with the team still. Um, but, yeah, you'd probably see a couple guys leave. George Hill, Connaughton probably are gone. That's where Brown and DiVincenzo hopefully pick up. And that hustle comes from DiVincenzo as kind of that Connaughton, pretty much. He's a young Connaughton, I would think. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. I'd have to look at that. But, but yeah, it's going to be a fun off season. Where do we go from here, guys? Well, it's frustrating. I know it's always, I hate the whole just, you know, next year's going to be great, which... I don't blame fans for having that mentality, but but even now as we're seeing with the Brewers, and we talked about in our eulogy, right? Like we caught lightning in the bottle with the pitching staff that we had, like the idea that we got the starting, yeah, the idea that the Bucks were the number one seed in the whole NBA this year, and we had all these, we had a deep team, and coach of the year and MVP. That yeah, who knows? Maybe next year they're the Bucks are good, but they're a three seed and they lose in the second round. You know, it's win now. You never know. That's what happened know. to Boston. Yeah, yeah, everyone was... Yeah, maybe we can get Al Horford. Hey, he's a free agent, yeah. What if we miss out on, like, Lopez, but we can get Al Horford? I guess it depends how long of a contract it would take, because he's also into his early 30s. I'd be pretty nervous about signing someone for too long. Isn't Lopez is in his 30s, too? Yeah, I think he's... He just turned 30, I believe. I think he, uh 31. Just get yeah. Robin Lopez. Both Lopez. Oh, that would Try be defending a, that. I would love that. I'm yeah, you just totally turned, honest. Brooke just turned 31 in April. There you go. You get the other Lopez. Robin can stay in the paint for you. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke can stay outside. How do you guard any of that? That'd be great. And then uh, <laughs> if Lo- Brooke Lopez ever falls out, we just he just puts a wig we, on. He just comes right, yeah, right back yeah, into the game. There you go. As Robin Lopez, although they're very different <laughs> size wise, I think Brooks a little bit uh, oh, bigger. No, no, the same. Different. They're identical twins. No, yeah. I mean as in like like bulk. Oh, Brook. He lifts. He isn't. Yeah. He. Yeah, Brooks stronger. The gym. They eat differently. Robin's a kid, Robin man. looks like he eats a lot of. He mostly eats saber tooth tiger. He eats saber tooth tiger. Oh, he, he kills with a spear. Oh, it's okay. Like, is their dad tall? Because they're both, like, over seven feet. Like, that's ridiculous. It has oh, to be. Uh, maybe not. 
Sometimes I can, I can just, just see like the dad's like five eleven. <laughs> Sometimes the mailman is tall. Yep. <laughs> so now that the first segment's over, cut it out. <laughs> do you guys want to talk about your weekend? Uh, I got covered in ticks. <laughs> you got covered in ticks. That's all I got. Welcome to summer. I had to cancel the the baseball doubleheader. That was depressing. What what caused? But the right canceled? choice. Right choice. Yep. Weather, rain. Yeah, all the rain that came in. Yeah. And then my daughter's softball got pushed back, as I've told you guys. How'd they do yesterday? Ah, oh, they lost. All right. Eight to eight to or nine to eight off Ooh. a walk off hit. Ah, uh, that's tough. Now they're in the silver bracket, not the gold bracket. What position is your daughter playing? Center field, left field. Okay. Yeah, she flips in every inning, but she had a lot of plays that she she didn't play like Kane. She didn't go all out. She could have got two balls easily, and she she checked up. She's not uh, she's not following in her father's footsteps of diving for everything. No, to the point that he's a broken thirty five year old man. <laughs> so so I have to tell a story real quick about that. So we were it's a couple oh, weeks Pete? ago now. What? Yeah, yeah, Pete. Oh, you just listen. Oh, just have listen. Go, have a good listening. Oh, okay. So we were on the field practicing. I think what two weeks ago. Do you remember, Mike? Last year we talked about or or saw when he posted pictures of his busted up knee because he thought it was a good idea to yes. slide. Yes, I do remember that. And really, he has like paper thin skin there now mm-hmm. like against like scar tissue, whatever else. But he said like you never do that again. Like that was a bad idea. Well, mm-hmm. fast forward now. We had practice outside a couple weeks ago, and the uh, kids were trying to slide, hit or miss. I don't know why it's such a difficult concept. I mean, in theory, I, I find baseball that with a lot now. Like when you're teaching kids, there's all these little nuances of baseball where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. if you just do this, and then you realize there's so many rules and different things and situations and whatever else. It's crazy. It's amazing that how sliding is such a difficult concept at eight and nine years old. So, I was gonna say I'm not eight. No, oh. like, but this, so the kids were <laughs> kids were sliding, so they were sliding a little bit to have fun. They slide way too late. Like yes. they slide on yeah. the bag. Yeah, and I'm like, you're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna break your ankle. Yeah, hey, asked my brother-in-law. Broke mm. his leg. Woof. Woof. <laughs> Kendall, that was terrible. Anyway. That was terrible. <laughs> oh. That's a whole other story, right? Where was this? For Submit, your injury. Yeah. Submit your injury. Submit your injury. Barley softball. <laughs> Hey, brother-in-law, we need a we need a sub. Oof. Runs into third, slides late, breaks his leg. Had to drive. My sister had to drive the car on the field. That's why I was a big <laughs> fan of sliding head first. But anyway, so we're t- I mean, you have to you have to start to initiate the slide sooner, right? Yeah. Like you need to start earlier, and they just weren't getting it. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I see a commotion. Pete's over there. All of a sudden, I, I see him walking around the corner, and I see blood just pouring down his leg and and kids pointing like hey hey coach pete you know your your leg's bleeding right he's like yeah yeah just teaching you boys how to slide so apparently pete decided again to show kids how to slide yeah. you, while he was wearing shorts you're in shorts again yeah and you're sliding yeah just what? ripped it up you just you, ripped it up yeah you don't learn you, you know pick, what pick you and slide. gravel out of your wound yeah you slide you pop up and get ready to go to third Legs bleeding, who cares? You don't even feel it. You don't feel it. You prove to the kids that, hey, it doesn't matter. You get up, you go 110%. That's what you do. It healed up fine. 
why why do you yeah i can see it perfect. healed up fine you got a big scab and yeah, it's perfect on yeah. top of your scar yeah scab on top of scar with pus here's yeah. what you do there's Pete. no pus i cleaned it up why don't you wear pants to practice or keep them in your car and when it's time to teach sliding next year Keep this in mind for next year. Okay, because this change. year I'm still going to probably slide another time. Well, then, okay, then this year. Okay. Have pants in your car or something to change, and then when it's All time right. for sliding drills, teach them. Or even or, get sliding. You can get sliding pants. Or just put on. Those, sliding pants don't cover your knees. I don't know, but why don't you go back to your knee-high socks from, like, high school? Yeah, could. Tape them up. Put sliding pants on underneath snow pants. It's just the sound. <laughs> it's the sound of somebody sliding in like raw skin. It's just. Mm. It sounds Ugh. bad. <laughs> oh, well, you, no, you I hear the normal slide. Well, but then you see it with raw skin and like that's no longer like the nylon have, baseball have, pants. That's your skin ripping off that I mean. Have you not seen a league of their own? Yeah. Where she slides in the in the skirt. Mm-hmm. She gets up the whole huge bruise. You're wearing. Yeah, but she had on her butt. Like how do you. Yeah, no, that's not how you might slide. Not, might not be completely realistic. That's not how you slide. That's not Although I think uh, the, I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and there were there's a wing dedicated to that, and it did have pictures of some of the sliding injuries. I can barely remember though, because that was like when oh, I was yeah, eight. Like when they're sliding, like for example, we had shorts on and stuff like that, but they had like the skirt on, so it, it would come up, and they'd yeah, have socks yeah. all up to the knee, and then their leg would be exposed. So, to be totally honest, honest, I'm gonna just <laughs> say, to be totally honest. <laughs> Um, the first time though, I I I went head first because mm-hmm. I only I that's all I do. I I go head first. I love well, going head first. Head first is nice. But now just, it's you can't do head first because of concussion stuff. Uh, I don't know. Do they I ban? Think, do they I, ban? I, I head don't first? think they want you to go head first. Head there's first like, is there's like rules against it. Yeah, I it's, it's for protection standpoint, but it's also like hands, arms, like that whole dislocated shoulder stuff. Uh. Because I mean, if if you're if you think the the ball's gonna get there and a tag's gonna come down, that's where sliding head first can be nice to try to you, like you can try avoid, to like yeah. swim past the tag and yeah. like grab the base. It's but, fun going that way. Yeah, but so yeah, I went head first and I totally Pete rosed it. Like I dove, <laughs> Charlie Hustle. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dove and I flopped because I forgot how to slide <laughs> head first. <laughs> what was the worst flop? That slide or my dive up north off the rocks? Oh man, that was bad. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> ten feet up. Oh, at least yeah. At least ten. Belly feet. flopped it. Oh god! I tried to dive, but uh, my body didn't cooperate, and I just <laughs> so you just went straight vertical. Hey, really? Just... That wasn't on purpose? No, that w- right. I was trying to dive because uh, our friend Matt had just dove, and he was pretty good. But his I can't light... believe you guys were diving, not knowing there was like black water. You didn't know what was <laughs> there right was, below. There it. was kids jumping before us. Oh and yeah, they all kids. Survi- they all survived. Twenty, yeah. pun- 20, 20 pounds. Yeah, the kids that jumped out ten feet farther <laughs> than you guys. Seventy pound kids who aren't the... going to go an inch in the water. They seem to be very trustworthy ten year olds. When they said it's two hundred pound man, <laughs> find a dive. All right. So. Yeah, from Matt Dove, and everyone said it was pretty good, but his legs came apart at the end. I'm like, I'll do Olympic quality dive. This is gonna be a ten out of ten. Legs together, no splash. It's supposed to be vertical. He goes and then I just jumped with my hands like together in the prayer position and just belly flopped. But my hands were ready to dive, and I got up. And your legs were too heavy. It sounded like if you just slapped an oar on the water as hard as you can. And I got up, and yeah. it did feel like somebody punched me in the chest, and I was bruised the next day. Oh yeah, yeah. No. How long did it take you to actually get your first breath after that? Uh, it did hurt. Like, like I was like pretty desperate to surface as soon as possible to just try to like float on my back and yeah. escape. 
so anyway, I I I Charlie hustled it and I did it wrong and I'm like, uh, it kinda hurt and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna all right, I know this is gonna hurt. I'm gonna do it though, because the first baseman, Levi, he dared me. He's like, You you're not gonna slide. You're gonna slide. I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna slide. I'm not afraid to slide. So I slid. And I knew it was going to happen, but that field's a little bit better because the yeah, first doesn't field have the, doesn't have rocks in it first, as much as the other one. The first field I did it on was was the high school girls softball field, and it was hot. But it, it's a good field, but it was hard that day, yeah. and it it ripped up my like I had a deep like it's not it didn't heal right because it was deep on my knee, so that skin there is pretty thin. But but yeah, so I I kind of expected it to be a little bit better. So, did, so you do it, did you do it three times then? No, I did it twice. Because the one I remember was at the the North Diamond at the grade school. Oh, man, I did do it three times. But I had pants on that day. Mm, nope. No? Nope. I did it twice, too. But right. I didn't rip, so I didn't rip my knee story up. Is like, no, I didn't rip my knee up. That, oh, not, yes, not, you did. This, this, this is not from that. That's from when I did it for my daughter. Right. That tore up my knee really bad. Okay, yeah. so so you did it for his daughter, and then we did it for last year, last year for, the, for the Diamondbacks. You did it. Well, I guess it's a yearly thing now. Yeah, it's a tradition unlike any other. Yeah. Tradition. I'm glad we talked about something else besides the Bucks. Oh, you mm. brought it up again. <laughs> yeah. Makes me momentarily forget that I was feeling Makes you momentarily forget that the Buck season has ended and Game of Thrones has ended. And More disappointing end to a season. Game of Thrones or the Bucks? Or the Brewers. Or the Packers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, keep Packers going on. Badgers. Man. I've had it rough. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's we, why I got a text last night. We need our Sansa moment in the North. <laughs> I got a text last night from our friend Jeremy and his message was just, I, I'm done watching sports. <laughs> He just can't take the heartbreak anymore. Yeah. Well, Raptors are queens of the North, so. Raptors. We are the North. I will say. No, they don't They don't know how to use proper we, grammar. We the they, North. They forgot they are. We the North. You know, Raptors is a goofy name for a sports team because it seems so dated, the fact that they basically named their team after Jurassic Park. And yeah, why would big. Jurassic Park be in Canada? I, I don't know. It's that, impossible, right? That the team was created the year... Jurassic Park was a hit I mean, movie. it is. It's good. I'm, well, that, but the. They, I love their old Everybody jersey. wanted, though, the name Raptors because Jurassic Park was so cool, but that just seems incredibly dated now. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the other well, the other expansion team that same year was the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah. With how a many, giant, gr- like, grizzly bear. How many Grizzlies are there in Memphis now? <laughs> they moved it and changed the name. But one thing that did make me laugh is because it's just so Canadian, is someone had a sign that said Milwaukee Butts. Oh, I yeah, saw I that. saw that, yeah. And it's like, that's like the most Canadian insult ever. It's like, I'm going to call him a butt. Hey, like, there. <laughs> like, whoa, watch the language there, you know. Yeah. But that's a bad one. That's a bad word in my book. Like, but that's as mean as they get in Canada. <laughs> it's like uh. the Joel Bead, you're a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bleep that out. Yeah, you don't want to hear what I would call the uh, Toronto nickname. It'd have to be bleeped out of the podcast. Well, it's here then, because we can hear it. I would call them Toronto.
So some wrap wrap up stuff. Some housekeeping, if you will. Pete, tell us a little bit more about the giveaway. Yeah, so obviously the buck season's over. If you guys didn't notice. The MVP of the Bucks and maybe the NBA. We have Kristen Yelich, won MVP last year. Rogers mm-hmm. been MVP years past. Mm-hmm. Hopefully years future. Wasn't Braun MVP too? Mm-hmm. Braun was MVP. Robin Yo was yeah. MVP. Yep. So um, twice two different positions. Yeah. So we've had our hard select few of MVPs, but right now I feel like Wisconsin has a big choice of who is Wisconsin's MVP. Now, do you take beer drinking into account when you consider who's the best uh, MVP? This must be. Because then that really gives Yelich a leg up over Rogers, at least. Oh, easily. Yeah. I don't know if Giannis, is, Giannis drinks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he would do that on TV. It doesn't really seem like him. Maybe after the last game he would. Maybe some Uzo, because he's from Greece. Oh, maybe. There you go. But yeah, that, that might, yeah. So you have a lot of factors. You have beer drinking now. Mm-hmm. You might, hey, Bakhtiari might be your MVP of Wisconsin now based off uh, how, obviously, he's like six seconds he can I mean, top routers. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, man. Uh, <laughs> didn't we have a thing where we had to pick which athlete we most wanted to hang out with? Uh, Bakhtiari yeah. was my answer. Yeah. O-linemen are just Easy. the most fun. Yes. An O-lineman who wears number 69 and can pound beers like that. He's going to be a good time. He's from Colorado, too. But, um, so yeah, we need you guys. We need your help. All you have to do is vote. You can say, I love him. You can say, because he drinks beer. You can, we've had some so, deep dives, actually. Some people have wrote a lot of really good things, so. So we're going to pick a select few to actually read a, a, aloud on the, on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, not right now. Well, maybe. Should we read a couple? I could probably save it. Give it, give yeah. it the last push to really yeah. wow yeah. us. So our our next episode we'll we'll start reading a couple. Of, I've I've read a couple of them and there's a couple pretty good ones I really want to read out. But um, but yeah, we've got got some votes for for Giannis. We got some votes for Yelich. Uh, I think we got a couple of Rogers votes out there. So, but you can vote for whoever you want to. There's other option. So just go to questionable2return.com/slash/giveaway. We will randomly pick. Um, via a randomizer online of who will win the Giannis Funko Pop sent to you free shipping. Um, so yeah, just vote, 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 vote. Vote, 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 vote. The QTR Podcast Show. Perfect. <laughs> All right, one last thing before we go. It's been brought to our attention, teased to us that... uh friend of the podcast, Melvin Gordon, is going to be having a dodgeball tournament coming up in July. It's been rumored to us that uh, it'll be in Kenosha at Mahone Middle School. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us. Probably have a, we'll have a little form. You can probably contact us. Yeah, they're going to be looking, looking to put some teams together to compete in this. Gonna be some NFL players there. Yes, a couple special guests. It won't be we'll, just Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you'll definitely want to be there for these two. If so, we'll, we'll remember more about that a little bit as uh, as the summer kind of goes on a little bit. A little tease. One of them might be a three-time Super Bowl champion. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Anyway, so we're gonna probably put some something something on the website. Um, 
you can sign up for if you want to keep keep in the loop on that. We'll send you more information. We'll pass that along to that team. Um, but we want to definitely bring it to your guys' attention. So you can kind of keep listening and uh, hear more information about that as we kind of get further into June. We'll give you more information. Yeah, we think start start getting about ten people. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the number. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll we'll let you know for sure. It'll be a lot of fun. Help uh, probably a good cause out there, and if all proceeds go to a definitely in the charity and the community and things like that. But also, it's a good time to one uh, meet allegedly potentially Super Bowl champion. Um, but also just to kind of get good to get kind of hang out in the community, meet some folks you probably wouldn't normally got to hang out with and talk to so sounds like a lot of fun are you in mike i'm in all right pete um, i should be my shoulders should be done oh you can go left handed it's fine yeah you're great dodgeball you kick it <laughs> i'm in so that's three right there who else can we get on the i'll wear my long socks wear your sliding pants yep gotta get the qtr shirts going oh i got some ideas now can't dodge a wrench, you can't dodge a ball. So yeah, so look forward to more information about the Melvin Gordon Dodgeball Championship. Cut that. Let's get out of here. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Sayonara. Goodbye. Adios, Buck season. It's not Troy Aikman. Cut it out. Three-time champion. It's not Joe Troy. Montana? No, P14. Um, Ray Lewis. John Owen. Crazy Ira. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website questionable to return.com follow us on twitter at q to return and instagram at questionable to return you can also like us on facebook facebook.com slash questionable to return follow each of the guys on twitter for andy at andy the number nine man mike at mike r daily and pete at p cozy with a k junior jr Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.